When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of On This Day. Today, we're going to be going through events that have happened on March the 7th. And Johnston, it's great to be back, great to be putting another episode out. Today's date is March the 7th, and the one particular moment in time that you've picked out that you want to do mainly for this episode is in 1987. This is the predominant part of the episode. We normally do it in chronological order, but this one was was just a moment in, in boxing history that we wanted to discuss a little bit more in detail. So March the 7th, 1987. It's Mike Tyson, again, Mike Tyson beating... One of my previous guests on to BTR Boxing Podcast, James Bonecrusher Smith, and he beat him by a unanimous decision in 12 rounds in Las Vegas for the WBC and the WBA heavyweight titles. And James Bonecrusher Smith, his Life and Times of episode that we've got on the feed, you should go and listen back to that. He does specifically talk about his fight with Mike Tyson. One thing about James Bonecrusher Smith is he was the first one to go 12 rounds with Tyson. Other fighters had gone 10. I think this was actually the first 12-rounder that Tyson had ever ever been in his career. Not many people expected uh, Bone Crusher to go the distance with Mike Tyson. Um, he did spoil it a little bit, didn't he, James? He, he wasn't really interested in engaging that much. It was Tyson's first events, as you said, of the WBC titles. And he, he spoiled him. You know, he held him a little bit, probably more than he should have. But, you know, I think inevitably, I, I mean, you spoke to him, Sean, maybe he has a different opinion when he expressed it to you. I don't think he really did. I think he was quite pleased with the fact that he went the distance with him. I think he was. I think the, the thing was, he said he hit harder than he'd ever been hit before in that particular fight uh, <laughs> by any any other fighter he ever faced in his career. And he was quite adamant about that. But he was also in there to try and not get himself knocked out, but stamp a bit of authority on the fight, which is why it did go 12 rounds, because there were moments where he, he did have to 
spoil what Tyson was trying to do to make sure that he weren't getting caught with them uppercuts and them hooks. So it, it was an interesting night in Mike Tyson's career, seeing that he'd been knocking everybody out and then Bent Dreams, Bonecrusher Smith comes along and you know he, he's the WBA heavyweight champion at this point, Mike Tyson's WBC. And you know you look at the impact it had because it's shown that Tyson then could be all these different type of fighters and and not be intimidated by by the level of guys that had been in the ring. And James Bonecrusher Smith was obviously another fighter who who beat one of our very own in Frank Bruno as well. Frank Bruno tried to capture a title off James Bonecrusher Smith, but was unable to do so. And this could go to show you the sort of the level that James Bonecrusher Smith was at. Now it was for them two titles that I mentioned. It was aired on HBO's main event. Tyson at the time was twenty eight and zero with twenty six knockouts. So there's only two other fights really that had had gone the distance. But we're talking about scheduled rounds. This was a twelve scheduled round fight as opposed to a four scheduled round fight. James Bonecrusher Smith was nineteen and five with fourteen knockouts. Interestingly, Tyson was 20 years old and Smith was 33, 13 years older than him. And this was the first bout in which Mike Tyson was actually announced as Iron Mike Tyson. So this is where he comes into the part of his career where people are referring to him as Iron Mike. Tyson's purse was 1.5 million and Smith actually got a nice round amount of 1 million. And he got a decent crowd as well. He got a decent crowd of 13,851. So it was a relatively big fight for its time. Yeah, yeah. And rightly so. For some reason in my head, I thought Tyson had both titles. And he was right. Bone Crusher did have the other title, didn't he? They were both making their first defences. And and this was obviously part of that HBO Heavyweight Unification Tournament. That was Don King. A Don King speciality. And for all the, all the shit we give Don, it, it wasn't a bad little tournament. Let's be honest. And... The winner would have inevitably would go on to fight the RBF heavyweight champion later on in the year to unify the division. And uh, one week before Tyson faced Smith, RBF champion old Michael Spinks, he was stripped of that title for refusing to fight Tony Tucker, who was the sanctioned number one contender at the time. And then Spinks went on to fight Jerry Cooney for a much larger sum and, and Tucker ended up fighting James Buster Douglas for that vacant RBF title. So just shows you that, that was a great tournament, something that, you know, we, I would love to see today. Well, we, we have had the World Boxing Super Series, but we haven't had a heavyweight one yet, have we? And that's what we've all We've been... all legitimately yeah. heavyweights in, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, we, haven't, we haven't had that yet. That's what we've all been waiting for. Interestingly, we got a couple of, uh, of quotes of what was said after this particular fight. First from Mike Tyson, he said, when I was trying to put the punches together, he grabbed... This hurts boxing. This is show business. People expect a performance. I won every round and it was an easy fight. In the last round, he hit me with a good shot, but it didn't hurt. It just took my legs away. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to win. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what we were saying. Uh, he did spoil him. And, you know, he uh, clearly, he said, he said it to you, Sean Smith was like, he's been hit, he's never been hit that hard before and he's definitely not going to, he ain't going to go and stand toe to toe because he's going to get knocked out. So credit to him, he used his brain at the end of the day. So you, you got to give him dues there. But the fact that he, he buckled his legs a little bit, I mean, he buckled Tyson's legs. I forgot about that. He, he did in that last round. He was, I mean, it was seconds left, I believe. I think Tyson switched off for a moment, and it just shows you that any time, any time, heavyweight can possibly just nick it away from you. And, and uh, James Bone crushes Smith after the fight said, "I nailed him in that last round. Finally caught him. I buckled his knees, but the fight." was nearly over by then. So maybe, maybe, spoiled it, spoiled it, and Tyson switched off. If he'd have just done it a little bit sooner, who knows? We could have been talking about another Buster Douglas. 
Maybe, we'll never know. But we're going to rewind back to 1951 for a fighter that we've covered four career profiles. One that I really did thoroughly enjoy doing, by the way, it was Azard Charles. Now, this is the moment where Azard Charles beats Jersey Joe Walcott in 15 rounds for the second time to win the National Boxing Association World Heavyweight titles. This is Azard Charles, considered to be one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time. Also, who moved up to heavyweight and won a world heavyweight title, as documented in this particular fight against Jersey Joe Walcott, of course. And then, when we covered this fight for his career profile that we did, it was interesting to find out a little bit more about how Ezard Charles operated, switching between the divisions and, and moving up and fighting guys who were so seasoned and so experienced, like a Jersey Joe Walcott. And then to beat him for a second time, then to win the NBA World Heavyweight title was, again, a moment in, in time. This is 1951, by the way. So this is going back a hell of a number of years when boxing was completely different. The generation, the culture, all completely different. So for Ezard Charles to come in here and, and do what he did was, was a great statement, beating someone who's well-regarded as a legend in the sport in Jersey Joe Walcott. Uh, Jersey Joe, well, I mean, he's uh, an old, he's, he was an old dog, just uh, <laughs> a bit like an Archie Moore. The pair of them just, they stuck around forever and they were just solid fighters. And, and there's our Charles. I mean, for me, the greatest ever light heavyweight ever. I mean, when we went through his career profiles and some of the fighters he fought was just... Ah, oh, it's so impressive. Ezar Charles is one of is the greatest I ever in my opinion, absolutely. And then for him to be in that position to be fighting the best, literally, he was fighting the best lightweights like, around. And you could even you could you could roll off a top ten in that era, and you probably find that those fighters are still fighting you, just through through the course of time. Fantastic fighters, and didn't win a title like heavyweight. Wins it against Jersey Joe Walker, then defends it this second time in 1951 on this day. Oh, is our Charles an absolute legend? Jersey Joe Walcott as well. Then comes back and wins wins two back to back himself. They fought four times, two each, uh, two for Charles, two for Walcott, and yeah, four cracking fights. The second one, obviously, on this day is definitely one to go back and have a look at on YouTube. It's all there. Yeah, this is it. The, these fights that we talk about in in these episodes of On This Day, you can actually find all of them mostly on YouTube and it's a great place to go and source them and, and be able to watch some of these moments in boxing history and obviously we've covered the Bonecrusher Smith Tyson fight and I've mentioned that I've interviewed him we have done an interview with him for the Life and Times of miniseries that we do so if you've not checked it out it will be in the feed it was from last year in 2020 uh, and maybe even 2019 I'll have to double check it but if you if you've got the feed just do a quick search on it James Bonecrusher Smith or James Smith and it'll come up and it'll be there and it's a great interview I'm really really privileged to have Brilliant. been able to do that and if you get the chance to go and listen to it go and have a listen to it and he'll tell you more about that particular night in his own words and it's great to hear it from him directly uh, as opposed to to us giving us as, as much sort of second-hand information on this but we we really enjoy doing these on this day episodes and i hope that you've enjoyed this little snapshot into two moments in the course of boxing history that in their own right had their own impacts in boxing it's been an absolute pleasure as always to do it and if you've enjoyed it please go and check us out on social media at btr boxing pod you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, 
and on Instagram at BTR Boxing Pod. So please go and check that out. And if you've not already subscribed to the podcast, please do so by checking us out on Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, check us out on Spotify, whichever podcast app you use, search up BTR Boxing Podcast. You'll find us on there to get the latest episodes from the network, which includes Legendary Nights, Darker Side of Boxing, Career Profiles, Ones to Watch, and of course, our big fight previews and our reaction shows. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of on this day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.